This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hi everybody, Harry Carey here. And welcome to the Frugal Back Tees Podcast. The podcast from the back tees. We got a great show lined up for you. Hosting the show today is the incomparable Jerry Lou. You can find him on Twitter at Jerry Lou Looper One. And the founder and creator of Back Ball Three, taking high outside on Quintana. The founder and creator of Back Tees, Zachary Penser. And Zach, how you doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. This is a great Harry Carey impression you got going. I see you've worked on it. Do you actually know who that is? Harry Carey? Yeah. I do, I do. Okay, that's... I don't I don't, I don't claim to uh, have many impersonations because I'm a very big critic upon myself uh, because just when I hear my voice in general, it sounds bad. So I can only imagine, oh, when I'm actually trying to do a voice, that's got to sound terrible. But I always said, if you want to be like a solid stand-up or comic or impersonationist, you need to have a, uh, a fastball, uh, a, an off-speed pitch, and a, a breaking ball in terms of your, like, your three impersonations. And my fastball has always been Harry Carey, even though that's probably only publicly the second time I've ever done it was here on this podcast. So now I need to know what are your other ones. You forced me to ask you. Um, I, I haven't developed them, honestly. My, uh, my off-speed pitch is I was trying to... I've been working on Gilbert Gottfried. I can really do a good Gilbert Gottfried, but the trouble is you have to shout. And usually it involves a lot of F-bombs and saying cunt a lot, which isn't just popular. Well, really anywhere. So. You're going to have to do it. Are you really not going to do it now? No, I'm not going to do it right now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gassed from the Harry Carey. Oh, no. Man. Okay, we're going to have to close with the Gilbert Godfrey impression. It has to be done. If, if anyone knows, if anyone out there is uh, uh, podcasting hip enough or whatever, Gilbert Godfrey does do a podcast. And it's called uh, Gilbert Godfrey's Amazing Colossal Podcast or whatever. And he's, uh, his co-host is like this guy named Frank. Right? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure his name's Frank. But he sounds like Kevin Nealon. Like, it, it, but it's just like... So, and they get like really old actors and really old directors on the show or whatever. But but uh, I'll, close, I'll close this episode uh, as Gilbert would close his uh, podcast. If Gilbert Godfrey was hosting... No, not hosting, but uh, closing the show and sponsoring... From the back seat. I don't think I could Zach, listen to him on a podcast. Zach, uh, did you have a good weekend? Did you have a good week? Uh, I did. I, I spent some time up north with the fam. Up in eastern Quebec, you, you know. No, no. <laughs> Went up north of our up north. Like, to the cottage. Oh, oh. Do you guys call it a cottage? Um, cottage, they, country house? You described the house more without using the word cottage. Go. Well, we say country house here. Like a nice I would say certain parts of America would use that term. I mean, cottage, and this is just me, and believe you me, I just had to delete another podcast because so I, I love these guys and I support them many times. I don't know if they listen to this podcast, and I'm not going to say who they are just because I'm upset with them, but I'm still friends with them. But at the same time, one of the guys in the podcast said, like, oh, that really doesn't exist, does it? And he's referring to like something that was like not common, but like God forbid in half this country it is kind of common or it just it does exist. He's just like, nah, it doesn't exist. Nah, it doesn't exist. So I'm like, look, me and Zach are idiots. We might not we might not think we've heard of something before, but we're not neither one of us are gonna sit here and say that doesn't exist. 
So, and, and the fact that you're Canadian and I'm American, we can teach, and you're more on the eastern side and more on the western side, we can teach each other a lot of stuff like that. We can that. start so, an educational podcast. Fair is fair, even though we try to keep it golf-centric, and sometimes we do. A cottage, to me, and I'm not going to dictionary.com right now, but I would say is uh, one of those things where, gosh, I don't know, it's... Americans know what I mean by like the white picket fence house where it's just kind of like you know you just it could be two-storied but it's very small it has yards on all sides or like maybe it sits on a piece of land with some acreage and there might be like you know a stable or a barn attached to it but cottages are just like yeah the home away from home the vacation home country house is a very good way to put it but it's like well we also have beach houses in America and we also have like you know uh no, ski chalets that we get away chalet. from up in Aspen and, and other regions of the <laughs> The area. chalet. Oh, yes, the chalet. The, the ski chalet. Have you ever drank out of those, Zachary? A nice chalet? Yes, a golden chalet. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we have... Uh, first of all, I want to give a big thank you to Big Heads Podcasting Network. Uh, evidently... We're still uh, trying to be the best we can be for them. And also, I did go back for the very first time ever because I didn't want to be one of those guys, and I read all the reviews, at least as far as Apple's... Uh, Apple's. Take two. As far as iTunes goes and Apple is concerned because I have a uh, Apple phone, <clears throat> so that's how I listen to my podcast. And uh, <coughs> my goodness, if we don't have... We, we have 25 reviews, and they're all five stars apiece, and I read them all... And I looked at the names, and they're names of people that aren't necessarily, like, fans of ours, or people that we talk to on a regular basis, because I can name at least a dozen people right now that I uh, talk to on a regular basis on Twitter, and that community is becoming a lot of fun. But that being said, a lot of people were, or at least what I saw from these reviews, because you said you might have gotten, like, the Canadian Apple reviews or something, but... A lot of them are saying, like, they love how down-to-earth we are and how it sounds like, hey, it's like two dudes just, like, yelling at each other in a cart while they're, like, driving to the next hole or something or whatever. I'm just like, well, yeah, we just kind of, I don't know how we would fit in on the scale or where the needle would land, but ultimately, I want us to be as, like, normal or at least we shoot as the possible. shit. What's that? We shoot the shit. Of course. I mean, it's, it's and I'm not even going to use the term down-to-earth. It's just... You can be, golf is that ultimate equalizer of relatability where it's an elite, elitist sport full of wealth and things are expensive, yet we're all trying to play it, and we all try to get that little stupid pill and that little stupid hole, and in the end, we all got lots of shit to talk about in between, and we have lots of opinions too. Speaking of, I went to the driving range before I played some golf today for the first time in a long time, and Matt Wolf, just watching him, has my swing fudged. I need to remain round and flat in order to hit a good golf swing. And watching this guy, the second his hands go up, that thing flies above his head. I can't... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's great. It's not great. Well, I mean, it, it, you know, it is great. It, it's just not good for me personally in my game. That's all I can speak for, but... Yeah. That's just the Angry Orchard and Fireball talking. And yes, that's what I'm drinking tonight. <laughs> that is a bold mix. It's called the Forest Fire. I've never heard of, I've never seen people mix, like, Fireball. Well, now, now before, let's get off golf a little bit and talk about life, Zach, for a second. You, you obviously, being a fan of the Jaeger bombs, that is something you chug, obviously. Correct. You don't, you don't sit around and, and, and uh, mix Jaegermeister and whatever swill they say they mix it with, and, uh, and then you just sip it on the rocks. No. 
Same with an no. Irish car bomb. It's all about the word bomb or whatever. But I, at least, I used to enjoy Boilermakers back in the day. You ever heard of a Boilermaker? No, I haven't. Now, I'm sure some, and now here's an example of us being partially wrong because we don't know, but from what I'm aware, the Boilermakers I've had, where I'd go to a bar and I'd get a pint glass almost full of Budweiser on tap, and then I would tell them to pour Jack Daniels in on the top. It was just whiskey and beer mixed together. It does look like a Boilermaker. That's a good <laughs> name for it. Because I'm picturing it. So that being said, when I lived in Colorado and other places, I did hear this before, but uh, some people would combine Angry Orchard Cider or a cider beer of their choice with Fireball, and the, and the drink that was that was called at certain places was called Angry Balls, which I thought, well, we're all just four years old, aren't we? I mean, why, that that's like sounds like the stupidest childish shit I've ever heard. I started calling it well, if it's with an Angry Orchard, you can call it a Forest Fire. So, cheers to the forest fire. Cheers to the forest fire. So, is it a good drink? What do you rate it out of 10? Uh, no, wait. What do you rate it out of 2? It's it's definitely 1.5. No, it's a 1 and a 2. You can't go 1.5. No decimals. It's a 2. Oh, okay. Wait, it's too high. Bad high. score. Wait, is this like the ace makes a bottom straight, or the ace is like beats a king? I don't know. That's for the people listening to decide. It really puts people's mind in a everyone gets screwed up you know well fair enough i mean all it all it really tastes like is you have this uh uh cider alcohol drink and then you throw a little cinnamon liquor in there and uh, next thing you know it still tastes the same so uh also oh before i forget i i wanted to uh, make sure we uh can we touch base with everyone who's on the team right now we got so many guys doing. yeah so let's do it let's do the uh, rundown well, zach we you we got Tucker, obviously, who's been giving us our uh, Peter Kessler stuff, and he's got this. If you haven't listened to the Mike Wheeland uh, interview, while I was, I, I probably was like two days late listening to it, I apologize, but halfway through the interview, I messaged our whole group on uh, our Twitter uh, um, conference room, uh, conversation, whatever, and I just was like, dare I say that I am way more titillated, I didn't say these exact words, but that's how I feel, about the Mike Wheeling piece. You might have said those exact words. <laughs> I actually think you said those exact words. We need to see, It's fake news. We need to see the screenshots. Okay. So, <laughs> that's, that doesn't work that way. That's so, your curveball impersonation right there. Donald yeah, Trump. Everyone's got a Trump. Everyone has an Obama, too. I didn't realize everyone knows how to impersonate Obama until you just actually do it. So, <clears throat> but that being said, uh, Tucker uh, slated with the Scott Van Pelt interview as you and I were talking in the pre-show runner how the, that interview hasn't gotten too many spins compared to the other ones and I'll admit it was really it was just a nice line drive single right up the middle but that's because Scott Van Pelt as I've told you before and I don't want to keep saying that phrase over and over like we gotta keep this fresh but Scott knows where his first piece of bread was buttered and nobody is more professional, no more consummate as a professional than Scott Van Pelt, and that's why he is still what he's doing, what he's doing for all these years at ESPN. He's not one of the original guys, but he's as original as it can get, considering the original guys are all old and decrepit and dead and gone now. Uh, sorry, Mr. Kressler. Anyways, uh, even though he has no right in tied to ESPN, but he's still, I was referring to old and dead and gone. But that being said, um, that's the we got the uh, that's Tucker, but uh, we got Nolan. Tell me about Nolan. He's our uh, tiger. I, I tell people every time I catch the uh, group, I tell them it's like, well, we got a tiger writer, and that's uh, Nolan. So that's Nolan. He's our tiger writer. I guess I Tucker's know. our entertainment guy. 
front of me, but he's no uh, Tucker's at Tucker Dale Booth. Nolan, I'm pretty sure is at Nolan Tucker, T. Smith. Tucker's a Twitter wizard. Enjoy the concoctions. And Nolan is like Nolan T. Smith. Yeah, so Nolan T. Like Smith. Pretty official with their names. Okay, while we're talking about the next, I'll make sure not to butcher Nolan. So I'll go be sure. So if you're listening, yes. it's Nolan. We only partially screwed up. I'm sorry. No wait. Who, who, I've already screwed up people. So. Go <laughs> oh, Nolan is Nolan T. Smith. Okay, I got C. Nolan's my boy. He's then we have. Uh, we got it. We have Blue Horseshoe, Craig Anderson. I don't know where he, Craig Johnson, Craig Craig Alexander Johnson. It always confuses me. I was gonna say, I'm like, wait a second, no, 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 he's Craig, as far as I knew, and Blue Horseshoe is like I like to refer him to, but when you start throwing around other last names, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So he does our recap article every week, or most weeks. If, if anyone's into rugby or horse racing, the guy knows his stuff. I mean, you have to. I'm, I'm speaking to like our international audiences, or just you Americans who want to branch out, and maybe you're up at a different hour or time, and you want to pay attention to something else. There's a lot more derby and steeplechases going on in, uh, in over across the pond. I mean, Zach and I joke around about like being differences of Canadian and American or whatever, and guess what? There's still another hemisphere full of Western culture where where the both of us came from, if you really think about it, hundreds of years ago. So we and and that being said, he's from New Zealand. Which is something from Australia, which is something from England, which God bless him, uh, Craig. God bless you. <laughs> God bless. Uh, and we got Danny Denunzio. Come on, Denunzio. Denunzio, he's our our DraftKings specialist. He's actually been crushing. He came tenth in the forty-four dollar tournament this week. Well, see now, I would let's, let's since we're not being sponsored by anyone yet. I don't want to call him our DraftKings specialist. Let's call him our fantasy golf expert. Our fantasy golf expert. I've been having, as I told you guys in the message, I've been having more caddies ask me, like, who do you like in the tournament? And I freeze if I haven't thought about it, and I go straight to Danny's information. And then I look at it and go, like, oh, shit, it's fantasy golf. But all these people are playing fantasy golf. I've never really partaken in fantasy golf much. I know how it works. I just haven't done it, really. But Denunzio, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, dog. If you listen to the podcast and tweet me, let me know. But, I mean... That's if anyone doesn't know, that's the best freaking name ever. Denunzio was the bully in Caddyshack, the stupid Italian kid who was trying to like uh, like bust in and be a perv on Maggie and oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, before we move on from Denunzio, the one thing I love about his articles every week, usually when you look up like these DraftKings picks, everyone Google's DraftKings picks or just wants to gamble on the week of golf and everyone has the same guys it's always the same sleepers and they're no longer sleepers denunzio gives guys out of left field who are like half a percent owned and they've been like crushing every week like See, he goes josh teeter that's something i try to do when i used to write the preview pieces for the website i try to like be outside the box and i'm still trying to be outside the box and i can't get squat I mean, oh we're outside the box but we're wrong at least he's on <laughs> Well, no, Matt Kuchar has been my only horse coming out of the stable, and I'm about to, like, put reins back on him again. So, um, gosh, who, who else do we have in terms of, uh, oh, John. We have John, our LPGA uh, correspondent. Yeah, so we have Jay Cherepsky on Twitter. He writes... Cherepsky, you pronounce his name? Cherepsky, C-H-E-R-E-P-S-K-I. Cherepsky, that is correct. And that, guy, that guy knows his shit. He and I have had a couple, like, back and forth that are really sharp. Uh, one of them, I want to ask you. And this, is, I don't know if you saw this, but here's a great debate. I think it was Golf Monthly or GolfWeek.com asked, would you rather win 10 golf tournaments, I think they assumed, just of whatever tour you're a part of, let's just say PGA Tour, because that's where you know you want to be for the money, 
Would you rather want to win 10 tour events or one major? Go, Zach, answer. 10 tour events because you guarantee having enough money for the rest of your life and you probably have exemptions for a long time. That's a very, very concise and interesting answer. Is that like your, just your career? Like, that's it? Correct. You, you just described Brant Snedeker. Yeah, I go with the you 10 tournament wins. Matt Kuchar. You probably saw the tweets that I was, uh, me and John were having back and forth because as I backed him up, ultimately we would rather have the one major because you're a major champion. You go down to the lore of that major for all time. You can go back and do whatever job you want to do if that's what you want to do. I like your position where you were saying how it sets you up for life, which is great. But I heard somewhere, and I really forget the source of the date, but I, I kind of heard that the litmus test to be a Hall of Famer coming up is going to be not necessarily a major, but 10 tour wins. Now, I and this, so I threw that back at John, saying like, you know, hey, you know, well, in this day and age, I know a lot of guys who have 10 tour wins who are probably going to be PJ, or excuse me, golf in the Golf Hall of Fame, World Golf Hall of Fame, in uh, Florida, or wherever it is. Um, but, uh, but then there's going to be a lot of guys with one major who aren't going to be in the Hall of Fame. And that list of one major winners and nothing else is a gigantic list. And then he said something to the tune of, which I still agreed with how we'd much rather win the major. And then I said, like, essentially, Matt Kuchar and Brent Snedeker are snapping golf pencils right now. I mean, just for it's just like these guys are. But then when you look at Matt Kuchar, he's like, what, ninth or tenth all time money list? Yeah. Snedeker must be up there, too. And then I think the top five money lists all time in no particular order. But I'm kind of close to who it is. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, VJ Singh, Jim Furyk, Dustin Johnson. Two of those names out of those three, out of those five, only have one major apiece, and that's Jim Furyk and Dustin Johnson. And Dustin Johnson is going to make a lot more money in his career. You know who must be very high? Major, bud. What about like Chucky Three Sticks? I feel like that guy. If you said he was like top five, I would have been like, eh, it's possible. But he's not. He's uh, 22nd or 21st on the money list or 20th. <laughs> yeah. That's... Don't get me started. You know what? That's something we can He doesn't even about. win. Mm, that, doesn't... Yeah, that guy golfs so much and golfs so much more than everyone else. He's never on camera. It's amazing. He... He's Batman. He... He's not wearing hockey pads. It's great. I like this new trend, too, on Twitter of all the players and like the players' wives always tweeting that they want their person to be on TV more. Like Adam Hadwin's wife, Justin Thomas was tweeting about it. I, you know what? I'm a fan because, as a lot of people still poke fun at me that I'm still only on Twitter as social media goes. When it comes to golf, and I can only speak for golf and not other sports. Hopefully, it works for other sports, but for golf, Twitter works very well. It is a very, 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 very perfect platform. That's how you and I are doing this podcast. That's how you and I met, Zach. That's how you and I, like, I have. Any single time a golfer asks me, what's your website? I just, when I'm caddying, I just go, bam, and I bust up my towel on my hip and go, like, from the back tees, right there. I mean, just it's, it's, it's better than a business card. It's just kind of like one of those, as I was telling another caddy about the Scott Van Pelt interview, one of the other caddies that smoked, I could tell, and he was a guy who, like, never, like, you never really had his attention or whatever. He kept, like, staring at me. I could saw it in my periphery. It was kind of creepy or whatever, and he just finally asked me, he's just like, what website do you run? What website do you work for? And I'm just kind of like, boom, right there, Tommy. Right there. Right there, Tommy. And that's 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 for you there, Tommy Fubina. Shout out, Tommy. Oh hell yeah, he's a. And shout out, crazy. Uh, he's from New York, and one of our listeners slash fans of the website, Thomas Clement, had Tommy Fubina as a uh, caddy 
way back in the day, not to create a weird love triangle or whatever, but uh, it's a small world, you know? It's weird. Uh, it's already weird. And uh, and that being said, as I mentioned uh, from last podcast, uh, Gorse Golf, if anyone checked it out, I really hope they got an influx of sales or whatever because I happen to tell the uh, proprietor of that website, Crazy. Shout out Crazy. Shout out to gorsegolf.com and, uh, or I don't know if that's the website, just Google. Like, yeah, it is. Gorsegolf.com. Right. Gorsegolf.com. Shout out to them. Um, Crazy was telling me that he is was so happy with me just mentioning his company on a, on the show last week. He didn't even listen to the show. He's already talking about, for you fans, us doing like a monthly or weekly giveaway or something of his very nice head covers, if you haven't seen them yet. And he's got some bitchin' hats. He's all... He only has four hat styles. I have one of them, and I need another one of them when I look at them. Like, I'm just like, oh my god, that's a great hat. And they're reasonably priced. Exactly. I mean, in this world of, like, gouging and over-gouging and overpricing, that's, uh, absolutely, that's, uh, that's, uh, very nice. Uh, sorry for all the tangents. Anyone else on the team I'm forgetting? Please. There's, uh, there's Mark. Mark. He's the back-end guy. But he... He likes to be brought up, so we'll bring him up. <laughs> Careful! Wait, he doesn't like being brought up. Or? Let's say, let's all give some fun facts about Mark. <laughs> what a guy! Mark, okay, here, here's the only one I have, and I'll lead off, and then you take over. Uh, Mark's last name starts with an R, and it's uh, hard to pronounce, I'm sure. And uh, Rosansky. It, it it might be Polish, and I respect it. It's <laughs> a good question. We're gonna need to have him respond to that, whether it's Polish or not. I don't know. My guess is like Hungarian or something. I don't know. Something uh, Eastern Europe. Rosansky. <laughs> yes. Anywho, so is there anyone else left on the team, or should we get on to uh, some fun that happened yesterday? Oh, we could get on to the fun that happened yesterday. As we uh, have tried to describe on social media and on our website, www.fromthebacktees.com, that's pretty much the mothership where this all started and came from and where it all just goes and comes back from. We, uh, we're going to be trying our best to be recording every Monday night. Yeah, we sort of got our, it going. Yes, uh, despite the time difference for Zach and I, and uh, whatever, however it drops, we're going to do our best. We're not going to necessarily be like no laying up or anybody who doesn't emerge pod or like true media entities where they, you know, are present so they can just like do a show right after an event or whatever. We're going to do our best to stick to a pretty rigid schedule and... Therefore, if anything happens in the news or anything happens uh, golf-wise or whatever, you can kind of, as I've done with podcasts throughout the years, you can base your, not necessarily your schedule, or at least what we're talking about in our mental and verbal schedule around we are talking on Monday nights. That's going to be our golden goal for us and for you from here on out. I have a question for you because I was having this debate. If our podcast drops at 12 a.m. on a Monday... Or, I guess, 12 a.m. on a Tuesday. Is that Monday at midnight? I think it's half dozen in one and uh, six in the other. I've never been more confused. No, I think it's... Do you say it drops midnight? I think they're... Okay, <coughs> the thing, and there's people yelling in their in, into their phones right now saying with the correct facts or whatever. There is a correct answer to this. And I'm pretty sure that it is... 12.01 a.m. is when it becomes Tuesday, and midnight is still Monday, like 12 p.m. Monday would be, no, 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 12 p.m. Monday would be noon. 
Yeah, 12 a.m. Monday. 12 p.m. Monday is noon. 12 a.m. Monday would be... Sunday. Six days later. Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay, I, oh my god, I'm so sorry, folks. I had to stumble through that to realize I had the flashlight backwards. Yes. So in two hours and 54 minutes for you, is it midnight on Monday? Oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh God, I'm sorry. There's still a question. Um, uh, so it's going to be... I was just trying to think the proper way to say it. Look, it's it's going to drop when it drops. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to write 11.59 and 59 seconds on the PM time. Look, I thought I was OCD, and I thought I was <laughs> statistics, and I was like an editor du jour, but that means that, that's why you and I get along That's so why we're taking so. it to the next level. Okay, that being said... Let's get on to 3M Open Invitational Tournament Extraordinaire, the first tournament of its kind at TPC Twin Cities in the, I would assume, the Twin Cities, and that's not Coos Bay North Bend, Oregon. Uh, great course, a lot of fun, really nothing to write home about. I mean, but, but what would there be, what were we expecting, like Riviera right off the bat? I mean, yeah, it was a great closing three holes, too. And to imagine something nobody's talking about in terms of the finish, and in case you missed it, um, well, here, here was my experience with it. I was not watching at all. I started uh, live checking my uh, PJ Tour app scoreboard just to see that how everyone kept telling me that it was like a, it was just going to be like a boat race, and like ever, and it was, and it was. But I had tons of people texting me who we don't talk golf. Telling me, are you watching this golf tournament? I'm like, uh, like my boy Brian Cap and my boy Nate Cooper. Those guys, Cap and Coop. Those guys. Shout out Nate Cooper. Never talked golf really ever in terms of like texting. We text about other stuff, and these guys are texting me saying, "Are you watching this golf tournament?" I'm like, no. Why? They're like, is there like an assassination attempt, or did a limp like crash uh. land or something like on a uh, grandstand? I mean, and then, and then as like uh, as the tournament's starting to wrap up, I start playing some Call of Duty. And uh, I'm on I'm on uh, uh, headsets with uh, my boy Coop, and he and he just says out loud, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, you watching this tournament or whatever? And he starts talking about it, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's a shootout or whatever. He starts talking I'm like, Cooper, I try to talk to you about golf six out of seven days a week, twenty nine out of thirty days a month, and just now this one time that I'm not watching, you want to talk about golf? Shut up! And then all of a sudden I'm starting to catch up on golf and I start sharing stuff with him, and I'm not hearing anything over the microphone. I'm just like, you son of a bitch, Brady, Brady. Bryson DeChambeau, Eagles the last hole to take the clubhouse lead, and then all of a sudden, Wolfie, but you're not excited by this? He's like, oh, yeah, I saw it. I'm like, what you <laughs> These people, I tell you what. So, needless to say, I really wish um, Bryson DeChambeau's eagle putt on 18 was like six feet. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't see his approach to the green. Did anyone see it? Did anyone know the approach? Yeah, I, I saw it. It was... Might have been 210. He landed just over the water and it bounced like eight feet short. Are you, are you saying might be? Because I'm uh, digging up the app right now. I'm going to go back on the leaderboard and I can pull it up if you can filibuster for a minute. Here, why? I'm on it now as we speak. He was 205 away. Okay. Now, wait a second. I'm going to the scorecard here. Mine says 204, but I get it. Okay, 204. So what? That'd be like a five iron for him? I mean... Seems reasonable. These guys. these. Th this tournament was a great example of, and I'm not going to say no-namers, because there were plenty of names we know in there. And I said no-namers is an N-O-namers, and 
names we know is K and whatever you. But that being said, um, I've I've often been a big advocate of saying if we take like the top two hundred guys on tour right now and just like execute them or make them retire or just make them disappear or they can't golf anymore or whatever, that the next two hundred guys would fill the tour right up and we would not miss a damn beat. The talent is out there. That's all. That's always been the trouble of like uh, how we said in like sports where it's like too much parody or like over parody. God forbid that term's never been used before. We're inventing it right now. And you know what? In golf, it's tricky. It's really tricky. You have your Lashleys out there where God bless that he has a great story or whatever. But then it's like, God. Then you got your like your your you're just like you know your saltine crackers out there. And, and, and that's why you need personalities winning. That's why you need your Patrick Reeds. That's why you need your Brooks Kepkas. I mean, come on. Yeah. Agreed. This week was lots of great personalities this week, or good stories. Well, let me ask you, how many tissues did you go through personally wiping yourself up seeing your boy Hideki playing with Adam Hadwin? Oh, incredible. Incredible, and I couldn't tweet about any of it because I was worried I was going to give them the classic jinx, but I guess just thinking about it jinx them. You can't stop for content. No, 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 Zach. (laughs) Cardinal rule. If it's from the back tees, which is what you drive as the tip of the spear... Do it. Yeah. Also, I have no original tweets. Do it as Zach Pinsler 99, whatever your other thing is. I wish I had more original tweets. I'm a very bad tweeter. Very bad. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you say that? Let's break that down, folks. Let's break this down for Zach. I don't know. What makes you a bad tweeter? You do just fine with the uh, website's tweets. No, that's what I mean. The, the tweets on those. I just don't think of tweets often enough. And you can't get in. I realize you can't get into the problem of tweeting about the guys in their holes. Sometimes I do that. I'll be like, oh, Hadwin, great birdie on one to get into it. And I'll be like, good par on two. And then it's like, then you're screwed because then you got to go through all 18 holes just saying what they scored. Okay, let me take it to you from the other side. Somebody just logging in and looking at it. That tweet you said, like, Adam Hadwin, birdie the first, he's on fire, he's going to have a great uh, 18 or whatever, one under through one. That one's going to get a ton of likes. Whether I like what you said or not, or cared or not, or whatever, I saw that tweet and I saw it had 13 likes, even though even though that was like only 10-minute piece of news. That's just how social media... So is that how you got to work, Twitter? That's kind of how golf works. I, listen, dog, you want to be honest? Take a page from Tucker Booth. Just overpopulate the Twitter feed. It's not necessarily that. It's... And I wouldn't... Hmm. On round four, it's easier. There's a, there, there definitely is a fine line between over-promoting and like, um, being like too much of a journalist. I, I get it, and I wouldn't know who to pick out to say who would be a good example to follow, but I feel like it's just like me. If, if, if you could take me without the alcohol, sitting on my couch, watching golf, and just like all the great snide remarks or things I noticed that I come up with or whatever, because I come up with good stuff. Great okay, stuff. Really, great stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. Play, great stuff. Like in the players. <laughs> I forget, okay, damn it! I forget in what tournament it was, but they they like uh, it was like promoting something for the USGA, and they use that quote: "Expect anything different?" And I just like started going, "That's a players' championship. That's a tour thing." And they're using a quote just outright or whatever, and they're like, no likes, no comments, no like for hours. I'm like, nothing. I heard the commercial four more times. Nothing. Everyone's just sitting there, like, sucking their thumbs, going, like, oh, it's a good commercial. I, just, I, I don't expect the USGA or the PJ Tour to tweet me back, but will somebody notice 
that's just kind of like, no, 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 it's always been peanut butter and jelly. And then they gave us a jelly and jelly sandwich, and I'm going, no, no, it's different. And everyone's just like, I like the jelly jelly. It's just... You go. No, no, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, my what we're going to have to figure out, if people would like me to be tweeting about the event and what's going on hole by hole, let me know, and then I'll do it. But you know, we're, more, we're more of a opinion, editorial type. We give our opinions on things rather than we're not the guys who are like, this guy had a 65. Like, who cares? Zach, give more opinions. That's what I need. I know that's what I need. Okay, I tell you what, if you see... And I'll just give a specific example. If you see Carmelo Villegas in the 2016 uh, Buick Invitational, that's because of what it was in uh, Torrey Pines. If you see him, like, clanking his irons, you tweet out, why is he chunking it? Or, like, why is he so short in his irons? You say something that's kind of like, just like, kind of like an open-ended question, but you throw a little Johnny Miller in there going, and just like, yeah, why is he doing everything fat today? I'm going to work on this. Next tournament, you're going to see. I'm going to be, like, the tweet god. Little be base god of golf. There is, there is, let's not just totally tip the boat back to the other side here. Let's, it's one of those things where... Okay, by me being the tweet god, I'd like to tweet. Hold on, so long as it's, uh, like, and this is how I do it, even though I fail a lot. I want to be thoughtful and humorous at the same time. A lot of times it's not humorous, and then sometimes it's neither thoughtful or humorous. But that's always my intent. Because I could just tweet about every single freaking thing I see or do every three minutes. I mean, a lot of people do do that. A lot of people do live in that social chasm, as it were. But in terms of what a golf website does or what a golf entity like you and us do, and I'm talking to you, like you said, you're employee number one, I'm employee number two. I'm telling you, sir, that you are already doing it great. And also, you have free reign to be like, hey, if you think you have a hot take, put it on the sizzler. Whatever. I mean, I'm the one who says Matt Kuchar's a mouth breather. He's probably a dick, not a nice guy. Thoughts, anyone? And nobody says anything. But it's like, hey, there's something. That's true. i got to be giving more opinions. Isn't that what you said? We're an editorial thing. Exactly. Exactly. And here, and, and, and none other than any other segue we can try to do better, even though we're not good at it, is how Matt Wolf, 20 years old, can win the 3M golf tournament this guy is 20. That is not normal. 20 years. I mean, it's the first tournament. It's his first victory. Uh, his swing, I'll admit, like I said, I was on the range and I was trying to swing like him and it screwed me up. I need to lay off more as opposed to whipping my hands way over my head and the club head way over my head like that. But um, I don't want to say that I'm not surprised to see him win. I'm uh, not, not to see the, say that the way he won was perfect. That was exact fashion of how that tournament was going to go down. And uh, it was nice to meet the world meeting Morikawa, too. That was really cool getting to know that guy. But overall, I don't know. This is just kind of... These are how some of these tournaments are going to go. It's crazy. He dominated college, and then it takes him four weeks to win on the tour. Is anyone bitching about Xander Shoffley? He essentially was these guys, but he's ten minutes older. Yeah. I mean, what, what... there, I, I really see a distinct chasm, I don't mean to use that word again, but there's a big rift, a big canyon of difference where people are just like, well, it's hard to connect to golf because there's so many young guys winning, and now Jordan Spieth's old news. It's like, no, not necessarily. It's There's just a lot of good golf to be had out there. I love if, it. If you, if you pay attention just 5% more than most people normally pay attention, 
it becomes really a decent hobby that involves no calories burnt whatsoever. You don't have to you don't have to golf anymore or swing a club any different, but just be involved in knowing what golf is. Then you don't have to bitch about it as much. And that's that's why I like Brandel Chambly. He is not like Peter Kessler where it's like if you disagree with him he'll block you or whatever. Brandel will actually like engage you. And maybe he'll block you eventually because there are some accounts out there that are famous for that. But I mean it's just like I like Brandel Chambly because he is genuinely opinionated and at least has more than seventy five percent of what he says is not bullshit to back it up. Sometimes it is, but yeah, but all in all, I love it that we have all these different winners. You have old guys, young guys, good stories. One thing Tom I found... Lehman, Tom Lehman. Tom Lehman. I mean, he's a Minnesota native. That's probably the most famous Minnesota golfer I can think of. Uh, 1997 or 96 British Open champion. It was him and Justin Leonard, or 96, 97. They were one of the two. Yeah, one guy who people were not talking about who tied for seventh. Joey Garber went 73, 65, 65, 65. Exactly. Wild. Who is Joey Garber? Crazy. That's a Twitter account waiting to happen right there. I mean... Who is Joey Garber? And then you also had Victor Hovland. Like, he had a nice T13. See, now I have this thing in my head. I've been stowing it away going like, it's Hovland versus Wolf all the time if they're ever teeing it up. Just those two guys. It's oh, and also I saw something cool. Um, there are only three people out there as of yesterday who have won the NCAA individual title at a PGA Tour event in the same year. Can you name them, Zach? I'm gonna guess Tiger. That's one. Uh, just, just happened. Hmm. Let me. The third is. I'll only give you, only give you a couple more seconds because Justin Thomas. Nope, it is um, Ben Crenshaw. Oh, wow. That's why, yeah, not obvious. So, I could have said fuzzy. Uh, I would have never got that. Or whatever. I would have never got it. Fuzzy Zeller, Duffy Waldorf. Anyways. <laughs> but crazy finish, how it ended. DeChambeau goes eagle, and then Wolf also eagles. Wolf eagled from a brutal spot, too. Oh, and, and DeChambeau eagled from, like, six, less than six feet away, maybe, just yeah. slightly for an eagle putt, and, oh, and watching his reaction, like, a lot of, I, I know a lot of people are sitting there already, but, um, watching his reaction when he saw, um, uh, Nutsack, what's his name, Matt Wolf, uh, uh hold that eagle putt or whatever, he, he care, Bryson cares about golf. For sure. He cares. Shout out to my boy Tim Tucker, who was off to the side. I know he was sitting off to the side going, I don't want to play any more golf, but I don't have to. My, my, my check's going to be fat, no matter. Love you, Timmy. <laughs> That's true. And then it's crazy also how much of a difference, like, one shot makes. Had Wolf, Wolf and Morikawa both had eagle chances. Morikawa had, like, a 25-footer, which was... A fairly simple putt, at least that's what they were saying. And then they were saying that Wolf's was like a nearly impossible one that was on a ridge the whole way. And Wolf makes it yeah. and ends up winning. Morikawa misses, comes second. If that's flipped, it's like completely different for the outlook of these guys' lives, at least for now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and it's a, a, a stupendously amazing tournament. I, I, I don't think an inaugural event could go any better in terms of just a run of the mill. I agree. Leading up to the John Deere Classic, which leads up to the Open Championship, which is now a final major of the year. The JDC. Not the most prestige, but uh, a certain type 
of uh, latest prestige in terms of the calendar year Gregorian style. Uh, Zachary, tell me about the John Deere. Do you guys have John Deere products up in Canada? We do. We do. Okay. Because so, I know in, uh, in India or uh, in Afghanistan, they don't have John Deere. They have Josh. No, we have John Deere. John Deere is the popular brand here. So, uh, John Deere allegedly is known for their charter plane directly to the open. Although this year, there's not many people in the field who are even going to be at the open. That's true. It, case in point, and I'm not even going to go off like some of the odds my machine are spinning out right now. And I'm just going to give you on the fly. You don't even you don't even know this because I, I just have my top ten here. But Colin. Morikawa is going off at 14 to 1. Is he not the best? That's crazy. Is he not the best in the field? Who's number one in the field? Uh, Sung JM, I think. Bullcrap. I, I got him at 28 to 1. You would take Morikawa over Sung JM? 2 over 1 right now, absolutely. Oh, That's wow. Machine talking. That should be where eventually when we start getting bets down, that'll okay. be one of them. Alright, you know what? This is it. For the pick of the year, I got it because this is such a it's stupid. I I got Taylor Gooch finishing in the top five at ninety to one this year. How at this tournament? However, if you want to like get right down to the nitty gritty, I got a winner for you right now, outright. Are you gonna say who it is? Are you gonna guess? Oh, <laughs> Zach Johnson. Oh, is he even in the tournament? He is. Oh, he's 15th on my list, but my odds stop at 10. Um, no, I, I got Joaquin Neiman at 20. I like that. With a bullet. With three bullets. That guy is going to... Kevin Streelman, 25 to 1. Before you look back at your sheet with the names, do you know how to spell Taylor Gooch? Oh, 100%, yeah. Are you going to spell it? Or are you just going to say you know how to wait, spell it? Wait, no, I, you want... Everyone knows how to spell Taylor. You want me to spell Gooch? No, I want you to spell Taylor. T-A-Y-L-O-R. Wrong. That's not how he spells it. T-A-L-O-R. Okay, okay, all right. Even Denunzio in his article spelled it wrong. Okay, well, hey, Danny, I'm with you, buddy. Sorry. No one knows it. It's incredible. First of all, who spells their name that way? Well, first of all, whose last name is Gooch? That is, yeah, everything's wrong about his name. He needs to go into the witness protection and come back as a golfer. Oh, we need to address his parents and either kick him in the nuts or get like a few good stories out of him. Yeah, I don't know which is worse. Look, I have also finishing the top three of this tournament. You heard it here first. Nate Lashley at sixty-six to one. Oh, I like that. Not winning top three. Well, I genuinely think win place or show. Honestly, I genuinely think there's a decent chance that Wolf goes back to back with this field. I have him. I have him in the top four at twenty-one. He's he's actually here. Here are my here are my top five in order for the tournament: Joaquin Neiman, Kevin Streelman, Nate Lashley, Matt Wolf, Taylor Gooch. That's my top five in order. Wow, it's a it's a mix too of styles of play. You have some short hitters, some long hitters. Doesn't matter. It's it's all about the algorithm, baby. Do you know what it weighs the most? What? Do you know what the algorithm weighs the most? Or you just trust the system? I I, I know I know how my machine works. Are you not going to tell me what the what statistic it weighs? Let me put it this way: I'm exact. I'm an alchemist. I only know the ingredients I put into it, and then all of a sudden it just comes back at me with a concoction. Okay. 
I don't know all the ratings or slopes or dimensions of all the courses. Sure. The uh, average uh, launch angles or uh, driving distances of all the players. But my machine knows that a little bit better than me. Fair. And that's pretty much the shittiest, best answer I can give. More what I was saying is I guess it doesn't weigh heavily like driving distance or driving accuracy for this event. Not not entirely, but when that is a factor, that does uh, balance in a little more. Yeah, for sure. Some events, though, are like crazy one-sided that it's only the bombers have a chance. But this is a more even, even event. Well, if I wasn't saying Taylor Gooch taking top five at 90 to 1 or whatever, my big sleeper was actually Ryan Palmer taking the top seven at 80 to 1. I mean, this this tournament is ripe. We just thought the three... Maybe maybe Vegas is broken after the 3M. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I see here that last year the field hit 71% of fairways. Really? Okay. I hit like 7%, so that's pretty good. Oh, and I also got rounding out the end of my top 10. Uh, I do have Sungjae Eam in there at 28 to 1. And Victor Hovland is capping out my top 10 at 16 to 1. It's crazy. All the young guns. You know what? This is great. This is what's what it's going to be. It's it's going to force your Brooks Kepkas and your Tiger Woods to tee it up more. And if we saw... Why isn't anyone talking about more about how Brooks Kepka when he tees it up in non-majors, is just like shooting 70, 71, 70. Because <laughs> he doesn't care. He so hates golf. He he I honestly have no idea how I think about that. He can go play four rounds at a course of his choice instead of golfing in a PJ event. Is, is it an obligation? It must be. I guess. I honestly think about that. He seems like he genuinely hates playing golf, except for majors. And even then, he still like hates it most of the time. But I like that. You know what? I like that. I kind of. I hate to say it. I kind of look almost like Jack Nicholas as has having the same type of mentality where it's just like, oh no, this is how I made a paycheck. In order to make the best paycheck, I had to be the best golfer. So golf was work. I always looked at Jack and he, I, I always felt like he looked at golf as work. Not as a bad thing. He was really good at his job. There's a lot of guys who are like good well yeah. so There's a lot of guys who are good whatever. I mean, just Jack was a good golfer. You see that a lot in tennis too, a lot of guys. Oh yes, yeah. But Jack just brought his lunch pail in a lot and just did his job. That's just... Yeah. He did his job damn well. So, is there anything else you want to discuss about the John Deere? Who who do you like? I mean, I I, mean, I genuinely I need ten names. Normally, I get like three. I mean, Shiza. I would go with Matthew Wolf to win. I think he's. I don't. I I. It's hard to pick someone to win back to back, especially this early. But I got to stick with it. Hey, Wolfie, Wolfie, Wolfie! I. I listened to the No Laying Up podcast, and it started off with Solly going, oh, I almost, I almost want to do the same thing. I mean, I was about to, like, buy the Wolfpack song. He's a great name. From, from the uh, WW, uh, WCW and the Wolfpack. I mean... A lot of these guys, what's your thoughts on professional athletes having good names? If it's that a lot have good names, or that people just think they have good names once they do well? Oh, I think it's you. It's one hundred percent an A B to C thing in that you have to be good enough to be exposed or be in the limelight. I mean, Tommy Armour the Third had the name, had the money, had the clothes, but he didn't have the game to ever be in the spotlight. Therefore, nobody ever talked about him or knew about him. But then you got guys like Matt Wolf, where it's just like, well, think every single time Matt Wolf comes along, I say, thank God he has a cool name. 
I, Very I cool think, name. I, I think my dream job, deep down in my soul, was I want to be a sports broadcaster. And the cooler the name, the fucking better. I mean, just like... What a name, Matthew Wolf. You'd be like, oh, Tyler Sink Johnson's up at the plate. Oh, my God, they call him Sink because, well, he was born in a... Well, actually, he was born in a basket. Weird story. And then he went into a car. And then when the car crashed, and like all of a sudden the baby rolled into a sink. It was the weirdest thing. I just... Yeah. That's that's where you go with it. I mean, just hearing... Uh, God. I don't know. Like, anytime I meet somebody named Eddie, I want to put the name Fast in front of it. I mean, just because it's just like, that's, that's an old nickname that I heard before, too. I mean, so hearing, like, Matt Wolf. That's awesome. And he is the double F. Tiger Woods is an obviously stupidly easily cool name to, like, you know, parody anything off of or whatever. I mean, and then a lot of times with our really vanilla names like Dustin Johnson or Justin Thomas, you have to think them DJ and JT. Excuse me. Just in terms of to make it a little more zippier or flashier. Charles Howell III sounds stuffy, so who's Chucky Three Sticks? And Zach Johnson, well, we all know he's in a butthole, so we can call him ZJ. I mean, just, Christ, I mean, maybe that, is that the American way? Where we like to make nicknames out of everything? I mean, when I was, when I went through a lot of, like, when I went through boot camp, a lot of trainings, I was known as the guy who made nicknames for everybody because they were so freaking good. And half of them were funny and half of them were, oh, you didn't like them because, yeah, this one kid... I, he's not listening to this podcast. I don't care. His last name was Blakely, and I named him Plagley because when he looked at him, I was just like, "Yeah, he looks like he's dying." Look at him. He's 21 years old, and his roommates tell me all he eats is Skittles, and he just looks like death. Like he drinks Mountain Dew and eats Skittles, and that's all he does. His name's Blakely. He's Plagley. Plagley. Sorry. <laughs> it's better than the uh, boring nicknames every athlete has. You ever hear hockey? You ever hear hockey players' nicknames? They're the worst. Every single nickname ends in like a Y. It's just taking the name and adding a Y. Yeah, but there's also, there's a lot of nicknames I've noticed in hockey that are, um, or not nicknames necessarily, but some terms that are like very Canadian and or Scandinavian specifically, that I sit there going like, oh, I don't know, I know as an American right away, my ears perked up and like, I didn't get that. The hockey nicknames are all the same. Like for the Canadians, it's Gally, Pricer, Webby, Alzi, Smitty. Smitty, yes, it's all the exact same. Smitty the third. Except the Montreal Canadiens have a guy named Thomas Tatar, and he has the greatest nickname, Tuna. Very good nickname. Tuna Tatar! That's a great nickname. It's the only original nickname in hockey. There's a sports guy who works for the Corolla Show, or not really, but he's friends with Adam Corolla. His name's Dave Damaschek. He works for the NFL. Okay, yeah. And he is a huge hockey fan from Pittsburgh. If it wasn't for the NFL, hockey's the next best thing. But he's got a very distinct voice, and he's funny for, like, just naming off, like, hockey players' names. Or he's like, Tuka Rask! He goes, Tata! Say that name again of that player that was the Tuna. Who's the Tuna? Thomas Tatar. Thomas the Tuna Tatar! Oh, my God, I'm going to tweet him that later when we get (laughs) off this recording. (laughs) So, speaking of getting off this recording, do you have a Canadian fun fact for us? I do. So, I don't want to butcher the name, but do you know Canada has their own Loch Ness Monster? No. Yes. So, I don't know if you're familiar, but in British Columbia, we have a big lake, Lake Okanagan. I have heard of it. Okay, yeah. There's a mysterious lake creature called Ogopogo. Wait a minute. I've heard that name before. 
That's referring to uh, a mythical creature in Canada? The Ogopogo monster. Oh my god, I thought that was... I just heard that phrase before, I just thought it was like a cartoon or some bullshit. Or about like Pogos? Well, the, you could say the same thing in terms of Loch Ness and be like, wait, Loch Ness? I've heard that before. Wait, that's a thing people talk about? I mean, I've heard Ogopogo before, but I just heard those words together going like, what the hell is that? I d- 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 discard. And now you know. People are learning. Uh, Our Canadian do you, do you fun facts. Do you have a picture you can show me? I mean, come on. I mean, I don't think it exists, so I'll see what people think it looks like. Yep. Yeah. Loch Ness Monster doesn't exist, but you Google image that shit and you get a whole bunch of pictures that you couldn't even decide which to show. Okay, so basically it looks exactly like, I'm pretty sure they just took Loch Ness Monster pictures and showed it as the exact same. Those actually, even though that pic- I see the picture clearly, thank you, that picture looks like complete bullcrap. That picture does not look like any of the Loch Ness mo- pictures I've seen before. The good or the bad Loch Ness pictures. So you have your own hoax on your hand there, uh, buddy, guy. It's true. Conspiracy theorists unite. Hey, don't we start on conspiracy theorists. I just finished this book on Area 51 that is divine. There's a lot of good documentaries on it, too, now. I, I've watched a couple of them, and I'll, I'll tell you this much. Those documentaries are revealing literally that like one or two percent of this book. It's called Area Fifty One by Annie Jacobson. She's amazing, and it, it, it took me. I had to read the whole freaking thing to see the very end. Not a new twist, but a piece of information that they released at the end that made me go, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense." I'm not going to share it on this podcast. Okay, conspiracy theorist. You could set a meetup with all the conspiracy oh, theorists. Oh, no, I'm not a conspiracy. Okay. You know what? Before we wrap up the podcast, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'll just share it with you right away. Um, essentially, uh, America was getting their ass kicked by the Soviets in the space race. True. There was Operation Paperclip, which was uh, this big uh, thing that came up where us allies, whether it be Soviet or um, allied, whatever, we started gobbling up Nazi scientists as they were surrendering when the war was over. Because all the Nazis had the scientists who knew medicine better than everyone else, knew rocket technology better than everyone else, because they were testing things on human prisoners and human slaves or whatever. It was a very, i.e., the Holocaust, folks. But that being said, German scientists tend to know way more than the rest of us. And while we should have been prosecuting them, we brought them over for asylum. We got about half. The Soviet Union got about half. And... The Soviets got a hold of, um, I forget the name of the uh, brothers, two German brothers, but they had something called the Horton Craft, which was the only flying saucer ever photographed or, like, in terms of, like, hey, look, it looked like a it looked like a flying saucer on wheels just rolling out of the tarmac, just like, hey, it's a plane with, like, a circle on it. But the thing is, and whether aliens helped us get this technology or not or whatever, the Horton Craft, which is a flying saucer, did have an engine and a propulsion system that was anti-gravitational, which meant that's why people, when they have UFO sightings, they see this dot of light and make funny movements or whatever, and that's because, and here's the exact description of it, as Bob Lazier said in his uh, documentary, when you when you want to bend gravity, think of a big bear bed mattress, and you put a bowling ball on it, and it just sits there, and then you take your fist, which is gravity, and warping gravity, and you push it in front of the bowling ball, which is your spaceship. All of a sudden, the bowling ball starts rolling forward because you're changing gravity. You are. So however this engine warps gravity makes it like flying saucers, and and Zach is only seeing this because I'm using my phone, fly around like this, evidently, as we see. But it's been reported that they fly sideways 
because that's where the propulsion is like changing the gravity and that's what makes them go so fast sideways is because you don't need fuel or rocket fuel you're distorting literally the physics of the air in front of you and there therefore you can go as fast as you want to anyways i said that to tell you this that the horton brothers i guess were or, or this craft was um and i'm butchering the name i know first collected by the Soviets in like 1946, like right at the start of the Cold War and the end of World War II. And what they did was they took this craft and dressed it up and evidently maybe captured some human beings and drugged them and altered their physical features to maybe look like little green or gray men with big eyeballs. And then they sent this stupid flying saucer over to New Mexico around an area named Roswell in the 50s and it crashed just for us Americans to go berserk with, oh my god, Martians. And guess what? It worked. It didn't work in terms of, like, we're gripped with fear. But there's a lot of, like, Roswell has a huge tourist, like, economy influx from people going there because it's the Flying Saucer area. We have tons of movies made off of alien invasions based off of Flying Saucers or whatever. And in the end, it was from something we couldn't explain that we thought the government was hiding for us Americans. But this theory that I heard that's really good was, oh no, the Russians made that and sent it over us to scare the fuck out of us. And it worked. And guess what? That was the only one they had. That's why nothing else happened. <laughs> it was just, they, they sent it over to be like, you want to really screw with Americans? Because we were kicking the Russians' assets so much for so long. I mean, there was like a missile gap. And they also got into space first with a human first. But there were a lot of catastrophes on the Russian side. Or it was the Canadians. Was that? Or it was the Canadians. Trudeau Sr. might have been sending stuff in. I, I, listen, the Cold War was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that the United States and Soviet Union unfortunately plunged the world into because if there was a slip of the finger on the button or we mistook a flock of seagulls or geese flying under the radar as missiles or whatever, one of those two nations, it was called mutually assured destruction. We would have killed each other. We wouldn't true. destroy each other. The world would not have existed because of an accident, just because the two biggest bullies had the biggest rocks and they just refused to put them down. And that's all. That was what the world was from 1950 to 1985. It's true. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, folks. This was, a, this was supposed to be a fun golf podcast, but we started getting off. Very fun. Now people learned about Jerry's conspiracy theories that were not conspiracy theories before you it's, informed yeah, it's me. Annie Jacobson, she wrote it in a book, I swear. <laughs> It was said in a book. It must be true. Zach, is there anything else you want to plug tonight? Uh, no, I think that's it. We're almost exactly one hour. That is, that's good stuff. Well, let me... Uh, is uh, Where can we find us? What's the best way to... Um, www.fromthebacktees.com And subscribe and review so that we get those numbers up. And Jerry stays pleased. I've been reviewing other podcasts myself and, and actually like putting comments in there because we are friends of other podcasts as well, like the Dingers Pod, at Dingers Pod. Those guys give great fantasy baseball advice as well as other stuff and uh, as well as other great podcasts. And you know what? It's uh, I, All the reviews were great. I um, if, if there were any negative reviews, we'd, I'd like to hear from you guys. We have 16 reviews in Canada, too. Like, I can't see yours, the ones you see, and you can't see the ones I see. We have... So that's 41! Perfect. That's great. We have one four-star review. Whoever the asshole was who thought we were good for four stars, but not five. We want to know. Four stars I can live with. It's the three stars I can't. Yeah, who gave four? Who thinks of four? Now, listen, I can, 
I can deal with a zero star review because somebody just like me just has to listen to something and not like it and give a review and it's like, oh, but wait, by the way, how many stars do you give it? Zero. Yeah, that makes sense. It's the three star reviews that bug me. Four. I can take that. Yeah, but like, I feel like it's all either a zero or a one. Like, you hate it, you're never gonna listen to it, or five, you're gonna keep listening. And if if it's like okay, just don't review it. Zachary, Zachary, Zachary. I have my theory. You I have my thoughts. And I have so much to learn about the reviewing game. So we do. So people need a review. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Fablebacktees podcast. We did our best to inform you on all things golf related this week. Zachary Pencer, you can find him at fromthebacktees.com and at fromthebacktees on Twitter. And I'm Jerry Lou Looper One on Twitter. Good night, everybody. Cubs win. Cubs win.